Welcome to the Elizabeth and Joey Show. Moving and shaking, so glad you could make it. The Elizabeth and Joey Show. Time for the ride. You're welcome inside the Elizabeth and Joey Show. A great show today. So glad you pressed play. The Elizabeth and Joey Show. The show's gonna start. It's cool you took part. The Elizabeth and Joey Show. The Elizabeth and Joey Show. Elizabeth and Joey Show. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Elizabeth and Joey Show. I'm Joey Galvez, and sitting with me is my favorite superheroine, my gorgeous wife, Elizabeth Galvez. Hey, how's it going tonight? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. We have some really great guests in the studio tonight. I am excited to speak to these two gentlemen. We have a reputable list of accomplishments that range from Keystone speaker, uh, keynote speaker. Yeah, they're like the beer. cops. I'm thinking You're about thinking of the cops. I, I was thinking, thinking of the beer. The Keystone <laughs> the cops. I, hey, I've got it's a family it's, show. It's I wouldn't a, say that. It's a fun night tonight. Keynote speaker, author to former detective. Uh, but the best of all, they're just as geeky as I am and have a passion for Star Wars and comic books. Amen, brother. Yep. No. <laughs> They're not as geeky. Yeah. We're not as geeky no, as Joey. Totally <laughs> to as infinity geeky. and beyond. I, no, no. <laughs> she, she begged me not to say anything about comic books or Star like, Wars. Can't we guys. just have one conversation <laughs> that doesn't include sci-fi? Of any kind. We're living in sci-fi. I'm Captain Kirk with my iWatch right now. I can talk right into it. Dick Tracy. Did yes. we do? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, but all joking aside, we have Frank Griffiths and Adam Brooks in the studio tonight. They are both co-authors of WTF, Why Teens Fail. And just a little bit of inter- in- introduction here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and introduce uh, you guys in no... Uh, no comments? Particular order. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Frank is a 14-year law enforcement veteran who, with eight years as a computer crimes detective, and this almost sounds like something out of the comic books, and a digital forensic examiner. He is currently working in cybersecurity and a digital forensic analyst for a global Fortune 500 company. He's married to my wife's, one of my wife's fa- favorite superheroines herself, That's with true. six children ranging from 13 to 14. Until he was bit by a spider. And now he's... Wait, ranging from ages 13 to 14? 13 to 24, there sorry. There we go. I'm... I had six kids in two years. It was amazing. There you go. <laughs> and then, and I'm we... not going to touch that. Yeah. We're going to leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is already going downhill, guys. <laughs> well, everybody we... knows making the kids is the fun part. Raising them, <laughs> raising them is the hard part. There we go. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And we've got Adam Brooks. He is the creator and owner of a meaningful family conversation game, Drive a Log. He's the founder of Youth Awareness and Safety and Brooks Books. That one's that one's a tongue twister in itself. He is the best-selling author of Understanding Millennials, the social media handbook, and some of Adam's most popular keynote. Uh, I didn't say Keystone. Uh, keynotes include uh, <laughs> from No Worth to Self Worth: How to Find the Significant How to Find Significance in the Digital World, uh, Keeping our kids safe online tools for organizations and families to implement and drama, bullying and harassment, what you need to know. So we will definitely be discussing some of these topics tonight. Uh, these amazing men have some great expertise and insight in these topics. They, uh, this episode is for all of us who really have no idea what 
kind of impact uh, the digital age and, you know, actually what really is Snapchat nowadays? You know, I don't even understand that. <laughs> you don't understand don't Snapchat or don't you don't understand, understand? I don't understand Snapchat. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't like get it. Like why they use it or do you just don't know how to work it? I don't it? get it at all. I okay. just don't understand it at all. Can't figure out how to work okay. it. Don't understand really? the purpose of it. I'm I only that old like man. It. I'm that old man that's like, what the hell? How do you work this control? Yeah. I'm only 35, man. Oh, you're younger than me. Yeah, I know. And I don't understand that. But wow. <laughs> but we can definitely. Uh, it's scary get some though because when guys. a lot of these kids were like getting into this stuff, Joey and I were in a whole different world. Mm-hmm. Like we were not trying to um, document the things that we were doing at the time <laughs> that all of this stuff came it's out. Probably a good thing. It, no, well, seriously, yeah. all of those yeah. silly memes that are like in my day, we would have been in jail if they whatever. All those stupid things. Like that's me and Joey right there. We would not be sitting <laughs> where we jail? are. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. were naughty, wow. naughty kids. Oh, yeah. I had a pager. Um, yeah, I had a pager. <laughs> Do you know what sexting All the drug is did. on a pager? <laughs> yeah. Sexting on a pager is writing boobs. Yeah, yes. or boobless. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Hell. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was like that was the worst thing that's you do on your dirty. pager. That yeah, pretty and I did that, so I'm sure I would have been to jail too. Apparently. Well, there you go. I'm I'm more mean as far as like the picture side of it. These kids take pictures oh, of yeah. everything. We were nowhere in that world. However, I will say. MySpace did bring us back together. Oh. <laughs> I will say MySpace that. MySpace <laughs> music? Was he in your top eight? No, he just popped up stalking me one day. And I was, I was like, ooh, look at those Tom. tattoos all of a sudden. I think he understands Snapchat just <laughs> fine, by the way. I would agree. I, I'm yeah. going to say. He's like, I don't know how to use this. It's so weird. Yeah. It's foreign. Yeah. And I he's was, got like seven I had, accounts I had, or whatever. I had LiveJournal. <laughs> I, had I live remember journal. live journal. Remember live journal. Man, yeah. That was fun. Yep. The Zanga. first time I remember ever arrested a twelve-year-old was over live journal. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that sounds okay. Like wait, a story. live journal in my day was like you wrote your depressing emo. Yeah, but then it, that was that's one option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so is this uh, I don't know if she hacked her friend's account, her live journal account, or if you could post comments on there. I don't like, remember. Yeah, it was yeah, like, it was post, like my, yeah. MySpace, right? Yeah, it was, it was like it was a MySpace. Profile page. You could post comments, and and so the these two girls, they they both had a crush on the same guy, and and you know it's you know that happens. Over a guy, right? <laughs> guys, we're not worth it. We're not definitely worth it. not. But uh, she uh, she basically posted on the girls' live journal page, and this is 2004, so this is a long time ago. Yeah. She's like. You are nothing but an effing Jew. You make me want to slice your oh effing my throat. Yeah, no, I'm quoting. That's hardcore. No, no, I, I edited the effing part. She didn't say effing. She actually said, you know, but I'll... Do you have a beep? Can you beep me? Yeah. No. Oh, wow. okay, We've been so, talking about getting a beep button. <laughs> oh, you don't have a beep button? Okay. I don't have it on hand, but I could do yeah, it Yeah, so, post. I mean, this, is a, this was a double whammy because, you know, not only was there, uh, you know, colorful metaphors, but also, you know, hate Anti-Semitism, yeah. yeah. Anti-Semitism. So, they were friends, but... Uh, as soon as um, the mom saw that, she called me. I came over, Officer Frank. <clears throat> she says, uh, <laughs> "She said this is this is what this girl said to my daughter on her on her live journal." And I said, "Well, she, technically, it's not really a threat because she uh-huh. says you make me want to slice your throat, not I'm going to slice your throat." So it's kind of a gray area. She mm-hmm. goes, "Turn the page." And so we we looked at the next page, and the girl <laughs> said, "And that's an effing threat." Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. So at that point, I, yeah. and, yeah, and you know, at that point, there. it's done. Yeah. So I had to, she's like, yeah, I want to press charges. I'm like, really? 12 year old girl, you think she's really going to slice your daughter's throat? She goes, I don't know. I don't know this kid. And <laughs> so I had to go interview her and arrest her. And she went That's to court. That's a hard one. That was horrible. Yeah. It's yeah. Horrible. yeah. Right. So we got kids, 12 year olds saying really horrible things to each other. And even though this is a really old story about live journal from 2004, I think yeah. it still applies to what's exactly what's happening today. It doesn't exactly. matter what the platform is, yeah. if it's Snapchat or if it's Instagram or if it's Twitter. 
kids are saying the same things yeah. and still getting in trouble for it. So I watched this horrible documentary, which really made me sick. And I actually had to call Joey up later and be like, I can't believe I just watched this. I feel sick. I need a shower. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's on Netflix and you can either blanket it out or whatever. It's called Hot Girls Wanted and it's all about the porn oh, yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen this? No, not watched it. But I know what you're talking about. It was really, really informative and sad. Mm -hmm. It chronicles, I want to say it was like eight girls who, you know, some guy posts on Craigslist, I think it was, saying, you know, come down and make some money in Florida and we'll buy you a ticket. And obviously throws them right into the porn industry. 100%. He helps them get the job. He helps them get there. He starter money. And then they kind of go from there. And it chronicles, like, I want to say it was a year. And maybe I don't even think it was a year actually. And it shows that only two girls out of the eight stayed, but all of the yuck that they went through at, to make them decide to come out of it. But one of the stats that they had thrown up there was that YouTube is the biggest porn outlet for children and that the average nine to 13 year old is who's on YouTube right now. Sure. And I said, wait a minute, who, how does a nine year old have a YouTube account? And then it dawned on me, nine year olds have Snapchats and Instagrams and Facebooks. And I don't even know what other social medias are out there. Last year or two years ago, the average age that a child was getting a smartphone was 11. And now it's about nine. It goes, it goes down. It drops a year every year. Do parents not realize you're making your kids smarter than you? Well, with that, with with that, Adam, I read, I read in one of your books, I read in the social media handbook, you said that, that on, on, on an average day, it's what, about 44 times that a child touches the phone, just touches the phone. And I'm sure it's it's even more oh, now. Oh, it's amplified. That book's been out for two, yeah. three years now. So and it's, and it's even more now, yeah. Right. The reality is is that we have these unintended consequences. We never knew that getting cell phones and having computers. I had a computer in my living room that we got to use yeah. once in a while. Check my email every other week. It's, yeah. it's, it's no big it's deal. because it took forever to, to dial up. Totally. But then, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Someone had to make a phone call, so you had to get off the internet. And now it's moved so fast, so quickly, mm-hmm. that we never took a chance and, and stopped to think, should we allow this to happen? Yeah. And we parents tell people that they want to give their kid a cell phone for safety because they want to keep their kids safe. Yeah. But giving them access to the World Wide Web, I would argue, is the opposite of keeping them safe. Right. Um, and it's not really about safety because mm. if they get a D, you take their phone away. Yeah. So it's really more about yeah. control, right? Mm-hmm. It's a leash. And that's one of the problems that, that Joey and I have had as far as parenting is that's always been the go-to. Oh, you've got a bad attitude. I'm going to take your phone. Oh, wait, you're leaving. You need your phone. Yeah. Well, then I yeah. just took <laughs> It just chips away at the trust. Yeah. I, exactly. It's crazy. It's stupid. So be honest and say, this is about control. When I'm mad at you, I'm going to use it as a token <laughs> yeah. to take back. But yeah. there's, there's truth to that. Totally. I, I find it hard sometimes to be that candid and honest with my teenager, though. Mm-hmm. I'll be really honest. Well, but that, that's, what I I always True. suggest is that instead have the punishment fit the issue, right? Yeah. If it's about grades, now we're not going to take the phone away because the phone doesn't have anything to do with grades. Okay. So let's talk about what the punishment that would fit the homework, right? Now you don't get to go out or maybe I limit what you are watching if you're spending eight mm-hmm. hours on YouTube. Well, now we only need to spend five because you need to work on your homework. So we okay. need to make sure that it fits so it's not this like extreme, oh, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take that, or I'm going to take your iPad yeah. because you disrespected me. That's that's a whole other conversation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Of how you got there. But I will tell yeah. you, and we see the brain research, Frank knows about this as well, that when you're on your phone or you're on any type of device for long periods of time, your brain is so 
on drugs that mm-hmm. whenever you take it away, they mm-hmm. crash. So I always ask yeah. parents, they're like, my kid was gaming for six hours on Saturday. And I said, when they came out of their room, was the next thing out of their mouth positive? No. Never. No. Not once has it ever been yeah. positive because their brain is crashing off all of it's that dopamine. reward center. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a dopamine yeah. withdrawal symptom. Yeah, and, I, and, and we have that, that, that same problem with our nine-year-old. You know, we just recently, for his birthday, we bought him a Nintendo Switch. And now it'd be, he can take it with him anywhere we go. And when he's playing it for so many hours at a time, or it doesn't even matter. It, it could be five minutes, but as soon as he comes off of that, he stops playing or we ask him, hey, can you, you know, hand your brother his milk cup? Because we have a two, uh, almost two-year-old. And it's just, it's like pulling teeth to even get him to reach his arm out five inches away to give him his brother's cup. And, and it's I always think, a fight. I think that's with almost any electronic with, with him, like the TV's on yeah. and a zombie fight. He can't look away from it. But I do, I will agree a hundred percent. I play that really stupid game, um, pet rescue saga. <laughs> and there are times where I'm like, you don't know about pet. No, I don't <gasps> know what that is. You need to get on the pet oh, rescue no. saga. I don't know that I you do. Your brain to, <laughs> you to definitely turn need to, Adam. Yeah. yeah you're it's, gonna, you're it's no. real. I'm still like an angry bird. So I'm like old <laughs> school. <you> <laughs> okay. It's, it's in that same realm. They, they didn't come out too far from each other because okay. I'm, I'm yeah. old school as well. I can't understand the majority of these games played, but I'll play like, I don't know, 10 levels or whatever it goes quick so it's not like i'm there for hours she'll crack out on it but i will i'll put it down (laughs) and i literally can still see the the colors and the blocks and i'm like okay this is like because it because it because it's all it's got all your senses got the colors the Mm -hmm. sounds you're touching it and all these crazy things going on at the same time in the late 80s they diagnosed something that the doctors called tetrasitis (laughs) and it was when tetris came out on the Uh nintendo which really? I owned. The Nintendo. Like, yeah. not yeah. numbers. There's no letters. It's just Duck the Hunt. Nintendo. It's just yeah. Nintendo. And yeah. so everyone was playing Tetris, and it got to a point where they were so addicted to Tetris that they were seeing in their life uh-huh. these little Tetris That's things me. falling, and they had to, like, diagnose it because That's people so were feeling like they were going nuts, but it's because we hadn't had that type uh-huh. of hyper-interaction in any videos before, and now people are are ODing on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's causing even medical issues. I even talked to parents about gaming, and the research on short-term gaming is awesome. It's really great for kids. There's a lot of amazing positive things. There's a big difference between passive entertainment and active Mm -hmm. problem-solving entertainment. So, you know, there's a really interesting um, study that came out around 2009. I think it was Kaiser Foundation. They they surveyed a bunch of kids. I don't know how big the control group was or the sample, whatever, but these kids all took a survey and, and basically they self-reported their level of life satisfaction. And and it was, they asked them to rate them, I don't know if it was like on a scale of one to five, very satisfied, not satisfied, whatever. And things like, you know, how, how satisfied are you with your relationships with your friends? How satisfied are you with your relationships with your parents, your siblings? Uh, how satisfied are you with your academics, your grades, uh, your extracurriculars? And, and spattered in there were a bunch of questions about their media consumption. Now, this is from 2004 to 2009, so it's pre-iPhone, pre-smartphone, mm-hmm. um, pretty much. But it's how much passive media did you consume? How much t- how much TV did you watch today? How much how many VCR tapes did you watch today? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, What's that? Or YouTube, right? I mean, maybe it's how, you know, how many DVDs did you watch today? Whatever it was. It was, you know, how much passive... Uh, entertainment did you consume? How much uh-huh. time did you spend on video games? And, and there was a little bit of social media at the time, stuff like that. So basically the, the result of the study came out and it said that kids that reported less than two hours of screen time or media consumption a day ranked the highest in their satisfaction in life. And then kids that 
reported three to five hours a day were diminished levels of satisfaction in life. And six or more hours of screen time a day, they're starting to report significant increases in anxiety and depression. Wow. Now, is that based off of what they're doing? I, I, well, I'm not sure what your question is, but I think it's based on what they're not doing, right? When you're consuming, passively consuming media through a screen, you're injecting your, your brain with dopamine, right? Through your mm -hmm. eye sockets, right? And you are, you are becoming dependent on external stimulus for your mm -hmm. dopamine. Now, I mean, we all are to some extent. Like we all get a unit of dopamine every time we eat our favorite food. I eat, I eat a good piece of pizza, yeah. one unit of dopamine, unit of dopamine. I'm like, woohoo, I feel good. And that's, that's the way life's supposed to be, you know? And there's different activities that give you different levels of dopamine, right? I'll leave your imagination go on which ones give you a lot of dopamine and which ones give you a little dopamine. Hugs. Hugs. hugs give me loads a lot. of dopamine from hugs, depending especially on the tempo of the hug and, you know, but. <laughs> There's the tempo of the hug. <laughs> Sometimes I do shirtless hugs. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. The vibration factor. There's all kinds of things in that hug. That, but um, but yeah. So you're if if you're reliant on external stimuli for your dopamine. And, and, and one of the leading experts here in the Valley, he actually cited another source who I don't remember. So the, but anyway, Dan Woods is a, uh, not Dan Woods, Dan Oaks is a, um, therapist out in the East Valley. He deals with all kinds of addiction and, and anxiety and depression in teens. And, uh, he told me about something called arousal addiction. Arousal addiction is exactly what it sounds like. Hmm. You watch YouTube for two or three hours, and when that gets boring, you put that down, and you yeah. go get something to eat, and then you come back, and you get on Instagram, and you, you know, you, you post something, mm -hmm. or you you look for likes, and you get liked, or you don't get liked, and so you do 17 selfies to get a good one, and then you put it out there, and then you get liked, and then you get a little dopamine, and then you get bored of that, so you go play video games for a little bit longer or, or, you know, watch porn, yeah. masturbate, you know, I mean, li literally like they're just going from one activity to another, to another, to another, going. to another, to another, to another. And that yeah. dopamine level is way, way, way up here. Mm -hmm. It's way higher than it was traditionally or historically. Mm -hmm. The bench line is mm -hmm. it's like gambling. It's like charts. gambling addictions, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's no different, but these kids are eight, nine, 10, 12. E exactly. Uh, yeah. Rosalind Wiseman says that 75% of 12 year old boys, are regularly looking at pornography right now. Sure. Wow. So, because why wouldn't you right. if you have it at your fingertips and there's no regulation and you're getting massive amounts of dopamine coming into yeah, your brain? That's okay. so scary. Right. Right, so right. Joey and I typically will do an outline of how we want the show to go. Okay. And oh, literally, no, 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 you're good, no, you're good. We literally were sitting in bed trying to do this. There was no hugging going on, by the way. <laughs> However, there's always shirtless we, <laughs> hugging going on. Uh, low low frequency. As, <laughs> as we were trying to, to come up with this, I was like, there's no way, there's no outline here. Like, let's just let these guys flow with it. So we've talked a little bit about this whole pornography thing. Let's talk about safety. Can we, can we jump into that? How do we, how do we keep them safe? Because if you can't take the phone away, because that's, that's part of the world that they're in. That's how schooling gets done. It's how communication gets done. Or what's the face you're making, Adam? I don't know that face. I don't know you well enough to know that that's face. That's okay. Cause I don't, I don't, I think we've made the assumption that a phone comes with our culture right now. And I don't know that okay. that's necessarily true. I would say, uh, a phone can come, but it has to do with not ages, not grade levels, uh, maturity. 
Can your okay. kid yeah. unload yeah. the dishwasher without being asked? Can your kid do his own laundry? No. I am so, not giving no. my kid a cell phone if they cannot do but typical that, that, tasks. That's, that's, and my that's husband's a hard phone one. is going away. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> yeah, the problem, right? I'm just kidding. I love right. I was going to say, not even our 16-year-old can do that, but... But, <laughs> but, but that's a problem, right? Because if I'm going to give them access, access to the world wide web, yeah. it is no different than me taking my 16 year old and dropping him off in the middle of the desert and being like, find your way home. Good luck. Don't hurt yourself. Okay. Hope you're good. Right. Because yeah. you're giving well, them I mean, skills that they don't have the mentality absolutely. to process. The analogy that we use all the time is driving a car. We don't let a nine year old drive a car. Yeah. Are cars inherently dangerous? Well, uh, yes. They could be. They're dangerous they be. by the driver, the operator. Yeah, the operator, right? Yeah. And so in order to drive a car, we go through training. We have driver's ed. You have to ride with a parent for six. You have to drive with a parent in the car with you for six months. You have to take a test and prove that you're not going to hurt yourself or somebody else. We don't have those kinds of legislation in place for phones. And I'm not suggesting that we should. I'm just saying the mentality is we've given these kids these tools that are incredibly dangerous, mm-hmm. but they don't look dangerous. <clears throat> Right. Mm-hmm. If you drive yeah. a car into somebody, it's pretty obvious. If you throw a cell phone at somebody, it might may or may not leave a bruise. But that's not the kind of danger we're talking about. And people that's an aren't... assault charge, just in case anyone's <laughs> curious about that. You're curious about the bruise that I've got right here, right? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's that's He's not law enforcement that's anymore. Topic. <laughs> I'm out of that business. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, and another thing that was brought up that I think is kind of interesting, and this is really, it, it's a, a complete paradigm shift and, and it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way when mm-hmm. I suggest that maybe our approach to parenting is too focused on punishing. It's too focused yeah. on shame. You've done a bad thing. I'm going to take your phone away. We live, we live in an incredibly, uh, especially right here in this particular little niche of the world. We live in an incredibly, um, perfectionist, culture mm. uh toxically perfectionist we and i'm 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 um referring mostly to certain uh religious groups uh where we they're prevalent here in the east valley uh, okay let me just say it which one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know i know no, i grew no. up baptist and it wasn't that much different it's like, not that no, i, I grew that, up thinking yeah. that i had to be perfect as christ mm-hmm. was perfect yes. and i was not perfect uh-huh. and so when i yeah. did struggle or when i when you're not perfect yeah then you i feel would feel bad. shame and yeah it, yeah, so I, I'm in I, therapy I, for the last six right. months to work through that. So right, I right, get right. it. Yeah, yeah. I, we can I talk up, about LDS. We can I talk about up, Baptist. We can. I talk grew up Pentecostal, like like right. with a Pentecostal background. Totally, totally. So yeah, it's the long dress, hardcore, the, hardcore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My so, best friend was stood in front of her congregation at 19 and had to apologize for getting pregnant out of wetlock. She was Southern out of wetlock. She was Southern Baptist. Sure, sure. So yeah, I so think it I goes do think you're right. Religious communities, but I don't want to just single out. No, you're right. But I but I get it. Yeah, and and I you're right because I. I'm not anti-religious. I mean, I'm I I participate <laughs> yeah. a lot in my yeah. religious well, community. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're a bishop. I didn't say how. <laughs> no, you, you're the bishop. I, of, you're the bishop oh, of our I church. I didn't bow when I came in. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you didn't kiss uh, well, his ring. No, What's wrong with no, you? Just, uh, <laughs> curtsy. I don't know how to curtsy. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. Was I? Did you not want me to say so? Say that. <laughs> well, the, the the danger of of acknowledging my ecclesiastical volunteer. Uh, work is that people who listen to this then may take me as an authority speaking on behalf of the church, which no, I'm not. No, absolutely I'm not. not. No. And, no, and that's that's so the, the, one of the first things we say here. That we 
are not we are not show. the church. Yeah. yeah. This is our opinions. This yeah. is not the pan- the opinions so of our church. So for those of you who know me and you know that I'm a volunteer bishop in in the LDS community and for the I guess I should say it the right. Church the church of Jesus, of Jesus Christ, Christ of Latter-day, Latter-day Saints. Saints. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I screw that one up? No, no, you're good. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I, and this is yeah, we're you're this forgiven. is <laughs> I belong to the Church of Adam and so he thinks I'm doing great. He does. <laughs> and, and you are, by the way, just so you know. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, so the disclaimer of course is that I'm not speaking on behalf of the church. I'm speaking yeah. as Frank right now. Yeah. yeah. And we all we're all speaking as ourselves here. We know yeah. we th- this show is not uh, this is all a show is full of our own opinions and yeah. we always invite you to agree or not agree and you don't have to. So my observation as a layperson in a church is that we put a lot of pressure on our community and especially our youth to live up to the standard of perfection, which is way too high. Yeah. Not that we shouldn't strive for those standards, but the way we go about trying to manipulate them to be, to, to fit into those molds is really dangerous. Really, really dangerous. Um, if we can encourage them to do that with love and with patience and with mm-hmm. a lot of support, then I think we're, we're on the right path. But as soon as it's yeah. what you looked at porn, that's disgusting. Only bad people look at porn. Yeah, and I'll be right? the first one to admit that I've done that in the past. Well, I mean, we all do. It's human yeah. nature right? because that's but, how we grew up. Not, not to shaming. D- oh, shaming. No, he's <laughs> looked at it too, but I've shamed I him. Like, for I mean, it. my grandpa shaming. used to hide him really. It was hard searching for my grandfather's magazines. And nowadays they have the World Wide Web. So yeah. it's definitely more access, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and we, we have to take an interesting approach with our kids because if, again, I think back when I was 13 or 14, if I'd have had, yes. uh, you know, a, any naked woman oh, yeah. at the touch oh, of my yeah. fingertips, yeah. I think the temptation would have been overwhelming mm-hmm. to, yeah. to not do some curiosity checks mm-hmm. on this. And then because of the dopamine induction that happens, yeah. it literally becomes an addiction almost overnight for a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. girl. Yeah. Well, well, that's your fair. You're fair. You're fair. Well, yeah. and listen, I had a young girl tell me I'm watching pornography. So I know what the boys like. Yeah. And I, I was like, I am, I've heard that. I'm, I'm terrified because if that's what you think, Boys like boys don't even know what that is. So, but, but unfortunately, to- because they have it at their fingertips, that's they this they have this false sense of this is what people like, this is what sure. people do, this is how it's supposed to happen, and you get this false sense of love uh, and all this good, all this crazy stuff. Like Elizabeth was watching a a documentary exactly about that, and. Uh, you can tell me, talk a little bit more on that because you, you actually watched it. I didn't watch no, it. No, it was that same one that we were talking about earlier and mm-hmm. how it, it confuses you. What were you it's saying about though? Codependence. I mean, we, yeah. our friend Travis Webb talks a lot about, maybe I shouldn't use his full name. Is he in hiding still? Um, <laughs> uh, he's witness a, relocation yeah, program he's a therapist out east, but he talks a lot about codependence and that's an issue that our kids are all mm-hmm. thirsty. They are dying for some codependence. Yeah. And so what we do is we give them a phone. And that's becomes, I have access to everybody in the world. And, uh-huh. and we think it's going to fill us, right? We think, listen, I'm going to have connections. I have 2,000 friends. But okay. that does not fill that void because those mm-hmm. aren't genuine friends. Mm-hmm. I call this, Facebook in my, friends, in my right? book, I call it my soulless communication. Yeah. But I'm yeah. looking for soulful connection. Okay. And that's our problem is yeah. each time a friend deletes me off uh, Facebook, I'm, I can add 10 more because it's suggesting them to me. So we have these yeah. disposable relationships now. So you made a statement. You said that children are, are they're thirsty for codependency or codependence. Well, they're thirsty for that connection and okay. they seek it out through codependence. Yeah. So when I okay. hear the term codependence, it's a term that's 
usually that thrives in my family. Yes. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, I am not a codependent mm-hmm. person. I am an independent person. I don't need mm-hmm. you're crazy to come at me. Yeah. So when I hear that, it's a little bit confusing. Can you break that down a little bit more? Because I'm confused by that statement. Codependence is a natural phase of human progression, yes. right? Yes. So like we start off humans. Well, not well, you'd be surprised, right? We start off um, very dependent on our parents yes. from okay. birth until about 12 years old. We're very, very dependent. Mm-hmm. And then around puberty, we move into this codependence phase, right? Mm-hmm. Where we want some independence, but we're not quite independent yet. Okay. Right. And so yeah. what we end up doing, think about every teenager, you know, think about yourself as a teenager. We start to learn that we can rely on other people for our happiness. Mm-hmm. I can rely on yeah. my mom and dad for my happiness. I'm codependent on them. I can rely on my best friends for happiness. Think about your 13, 14, 15 year olds. They, they're, mm-hmm. they are one with their friends. It's like the Borg from Star Trek, right? They have okay. to have this, this codependent yeah. relationship. Right. I won't go unless Tina goes. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. think about how yeah. all the girls yeah. dress the same. All the boys dress the same. in their in group. They have this, this mm-hmm. very thick group mentality. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. That's codependence. They're relying on each other for their happiness. They're okay. relying yeah. on. So that's, that's a normal phase to move through. Right. And or then, even relying on like how many likes I get. Right. Absolutely. How many friends yes. I have. Absolutely. I'm that's codependent on, I get my self worth based on how many likes I get. Perfect a girl example. said, if I don't get 75 likes in the first hour, I delete the photo and upload a new one. Perfect example. Yeah. And so that's, that is for that me like is real? Yeah. No, it's real. Oh, that's oh, yeah, a thing. Yeah. It's real. But it, you know what? Even for me, I, I there's, there's oh, moments there after I upload one of these, these episodes of these podcasts, you know what I'm doing in the next few hours? Checking the likes. I'm checking how many people have downloaded it, how many people are listening to it. And I do that for, for uh, the next week. Yeah, which this actually, is a business. yeah, it is. But you're playing the long game, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like whenever I find a podcast I like, I binge it and then I move on to something else. So yeah. you could really got to play the long game in some of these things. But we're yeah. not teaching that to anybody or to kids. Mm-hmm. How to brand yourself? How do you get a job because yeah. of social media? Not get fired because of it. I do it the right way. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. that's fact. So that's a fix <laughs> yeah. for me is teaching kids to brand themselves online. Now I'm not saying this is what we should do, but I will tell you what. Uh, a lot of colleges are now asking kids to do, and that's create a LinkedIn in sixth grade and keep it private. And then you okay. upload things yeah. like their grades and their volunteer pictures and how well they're doing in their communities and in their church groups. And they dug a well in Puerto Rico and it's amazing. I don't know if you yeah. need one in Puerto Rico, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so you do, I'm like, it's an island. That seems weird, but you do all this stuff. And then when they become a sophomore in high school, you make it public. And now when you start applying to colleges, it's the link that you send to colleges for them to see this happy, very shiny, smart. good yeah. profile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, they're also asking for kids to be genuine and authentic. And I find mm. that almost the opposite of genuine and authentic. So I struggle with that a lot. And I'm yeah. not saying okay. it's what we should do. I'm just saying it's what people are talking about now. Well, LinkedIn's a good online resume. I mean, that's basically what it is, right? It's a yeah. good job search tool. It's actually the first tool. social media thing we ever had. It was the what? first one invented. Yeah. was LinkedIn. Wow. Interesting. Didn't even yeah. know that. I read that in your book. That's yeah. really interesting. Touching back on the, on the codependence thing. Yeah. Right? Because I think we... We use the word codependence like a bad word. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're so codependent. Yeah. Right. Because what happens is we form a lot of our social interaction skills as teenagers. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we reinforce that behavior with drug abuse, alcohol abuse, or dopamine abuse, mm-hmm. right? Um, it becomes ingrained in our neural pathways this codependent behavior becomes ingrained. And so when we move out of our teenagers, right, 
we turn 18, 19, 20, and we get out on our own, maybe get our first apartment with some friends when we're 21 or whatever. We get out there and we're supposed to be moving into an independent phase at that point, mm-hmm. right? And independence is where you, you develop your own identity, really, for the first time. You start moving beyond that high school group and meeting other people and being exposed to college and new ideas. And, and you develop this independent um, relationship with yourself. And then you fall in love. And this is this, this is the generic path, right? You fall in love and you hook up with somebody and you develop, you're supposed to move out into an interdependent relationship. But what most of us do at some point is we lapse back into a codependent relationship with that person, right? Because of our various flaws and insecurities, right? When I'm, when I meet Mrs. Wright, when I met my wife at ASU in 1993, right? I was only 22 years old, 21 years old. And, and, and it, and we started Love. dating. Yeah. And, and we got married at age, I was 22 when I got married, had our first kid nine months and two minutes later. And we had, <laughs> we, and she was younger than Don't me. Don't check the math on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, my mother-in-law already has, trust me. <laughs> um, five days short, but the doctor said it was early. I've got it certified. <laughs> so, um, we moved back into this codependent relationship because we were so young. Mm-hmm. We really hadn't established a lot of independence yet. And, and so we were the first half of our marriage in this codependent space where it's your job to make me happy. It's your job to make, you know, I don't like what you're doing. That's making me unhappy. You need to change. And, and that's, that's reverting back to a 16 year old Mm -hmm. mindset. Yeah. And where we were supposed to go was into an interdependent relationship where we now are two independent people who cohabitate because we really like each other and we find fulfillment with each other, giving and taking. And so that's, that's the ideal place to be. And it's a really hard place to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, I feel like maybe after 25 years of marriage, Carly and I are starting to get it. We're starting to figure out this interdependent relationship thing. But the truth is I still act like a codependent teenager once in a while. And, yeah. and, and if she's listening, she's perfect. She doesn't ever do that. But <laughs> she's not listening. Well, but I, she I might a, occasionally be codependent as well. I read a book by Parker Palmer and it's a vocation book and he's an old Quaker guy and he talks about the 14 things that we all want to transfer to our children mm-hmm. and our children are only capable and we're only capable of giving them like eight, right? Or maybe 10. And so they spend the rest of their lives trying to get the rest of those met. And that's why they choose the vocations they choose. That's why they choose the relationships they choose. And so we have to also give ourselves a little bit of grace as parents and say, I'm going to do the best I can um, and figure that out. I have a lot of parents who want to do, I talk to parent groups and they're like, I want to implement all of this. And I'm like, take mm-hmm. a deep breath, <laughs> take a step back, wait a couple weeks. Yeah. And here's the ones that I would recommend, right? The number one thing I always tell parents to recommend is get phones out of bedrooms at night. No good text mm. goes out. No good email goes out. No good YouTube gets watched after midnight. So do not yeah. have any devices in kids' rooms overnight. The research is just starting to come out through from neuroscience about what it's doing to our minds. Um, they're actually recommending that an hour before anybody, adults or kids, go to sleep, no device. Out of there. Yeah. yeah, and then an hour after you wake up, no device. And so you're actually building this idea that, I can like detox from these devices. That's adults and kids. Mm. And that is probably the best medical and health yeah. advice. That, that ultraviolet I give radiation, the blue light really fracks up your circadian rhythms, screws and, up and your then, sleep patterns. And, and, and to go, go into the whole, into deeper it a little bit, you, you, if with, if you implement that, uh, not having their phones or their devices in their bedrooms, now you won't have this gossip, uh, mill going on where you have, 
somebody at school is saying, oh, well, so-and-so, she or he texted me at two o'clock in the morning. They're bothering me. They're annoying. And they, they're, they're stalking me. And now, 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 if you're doing this in your family, now you know mm, that's not happening because all of our phones are in, in one place. Mm-hmm. And now these gossip mills, these rumor mills won't be happening and won't cause more problems at school. Or my kid at least won't be a not a big part of that, which right. is nice. So alarm clocks, like real old school alarm clocks. I am starting an alarm clock company oh. because once these research yeah. things come out, I want to make a million dollars. There you go. Because there yeah. is no way that once some of this research comes out, we're going to keep using our phones as our alarm clocks. And that's the that's excuse. That's crazy. It is, always. Well, they yeah. need to listen to white noise. Guess what? We have what's called a CD player. Yeah. And you can just play a, a white noise all night long if you want. We, we live in the flight path. We just crack mm-hmm. our bedroom windows and listen to yeah. planes fly over all night. <laughs> There's other options, I think. Yeah, we, we have we have Google Homes in, our, yeah. in each of our bedrooms. That we and can, I guess that's an alarm clock as well. You can use it as an alarm clock. Yeah. yeah. So Play white noise. Yeah. Joey yeah. and I, despite the fact that we just really think that we're intelligent and good at this parenting thing, we actually are quite horrible at oh, yeah. it. Everybody. Every, by the way, that's the number one thing. Everyone thinks they're bad. Everything okay, that well, you good. said not to do, we do. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it was probably three years ago, our uh, teenager, who we've talked a lot about on here, and she's wonderful and she's great. She and is great. She, she really is a good kid. Um, and Never the, met her, so I can't. She confirm is. She's great. That. Well, I'm telling you, she is. Um, <laughs> Sounds lovely. <laughs> so she, it was, I want to say first year of high school and we got her the cell phone. And of course it wasn't good enough. It wasn't the new cell phone and it didn't have. It wasn't have, an iPhone. It, oh, the iPhone thing was horrible. That, okay. That's no, another that's, story. That's a different story. Anyway, <laughs> Joey and I thought that we were smart and could navigate these programs. And for the most part, whenever something happens to my phone, I hand it to Joey because I like to believe it's an Etch-a-Sketch. And if I shake it hard enough, it will do whatever I need it to do. It doesn't. The evidence will pop up somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she so, shakes it hard but enough. It, it doesn't. <laughs> However, she, the rule in our house was that we set up a family Facebook that she could use so that we could kind of see how she navigated. And there was no Instagram. She was not allowed to have an Instagram. This was pre Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And before we knew it, the behavior at home changed and she didn't get gothic on us, but she got super emo on us. Like mm. it was super depressed and mm-hmm. moping around and, it, and nothing like there Listening was to the no, cure? Uh, no, that's me oh, on that, Monday. We listen to the cure. Um, but, but <laughs> and we don't cry though. Part, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, we, there's a song, uh, boys don't cry, right? Bad joke. Sorry. Got very, no, I get it. I like the cure. The whole emotion changed yep. Yep. and we just couldn't figure it out. And then one day a parent called a parent and then it was like this opening of Pandora's box mm-hmm. of what was going on. And Joey got into her phone and there was all of this stuff and we flipped. And it was, but it was, but it was like a whole lot. What, what, what Frank was saying, it started off tiny. And then it gradually got bigger. And then you, you could, you could just see just looking through the history of how, how it would grow and grow and grow. And even before that, the first time it was like, let's sit down and have a conversation. This is not real. This is not how it is. This is not love. This is not. And it was this. 
an attempt at having a logical conversation with a very young teenager. With half a brain. Yes. And I'm thinking I'm staying very calm and dad is freaking Mm -hmm. out because he's like my little baby. Of course. The second time... I was the one freaking out and screaming and Joey was like, you're going to catch a charge. Don't touch her. And then the third time and the fifth time and the 20th time (laughs) and a year later, we are now inundated with Mm -hmm. this, this plague that was in our home. And it was, it was social medias that she had fake accounts to. And, and I'm sorry, she's going to hear this one day, but I'm throwing it all out there. And we shamed her miserably. We, and, and even though I, I'd come to you on several occasions and said, Frank, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to. And it was, don't was shame, like, shame her. her. No, you weren't. <laughs> you were like, her. you can't shame her. Go pull and a you're... switch from the tree outside. <laughs> well, that's, that's the world I grew yeah, up yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, totally. My dad was born it. in 33. My mom was born in 45 and you worked for what you had and you yep. shut your mouth for what you didn't. <laughs> and here's my entitled child who just mm-hmm. thinks she's going to run my household. And I didn't, I didn't know where to begin with it. Yeah. I didn't know. So where would I begin with it? If this was happening today, let's, let's back it up. What would you guys do? Because my torch hearts don't work, by the way. I, yes, say your prayers. I it says effect. massage dad's feet <laughs> on the chore chart. That would not be getting done in my house either. No, that's the, crazy. The, the, yeah, I put that on. Oh, like man, that's what? the one. That's the one chore she never does. Yeah, uh, if I was poor. Jordan hasn't done anything all week. That child, I'm telling you, I yeah, don't no, know why I, she has a phone. Yeah. And then our son, he's only done it. Oh, that's Monday. Yeah, last Monday. <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny. No, yeah, that's. We've, we've done so many different things like that and, and it, it's, it begins really great. Yep. And then, but it just never continues. Yep. The foot massage right. thing threw it off. Yeah. You yeah. ruined oh, yeah. it there. Yeah. Okay. Nobody ever gives me a foot massage in this place. I will. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right after the podcast. <laughs> right. Actually, just put your feet up here on my knee. <laughs> Gross. No, no, no. <laughs> I told you boys to keep it clean. So, so a 16-year-old messes up online. Is that where you want to start? Yeah, yeah. Or do you want to start with, when should I have given my kid a phone? Or do you want to start yeah. with... No, no. We're not going to start with the okay. inappropriateness between I don't even Frank. know. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. We're not going to do that. I don't... I don't I don't know. Where would you start? Because she had a flip phone early for safety. It started yeah. the first time that you ever took me to his house. Oh, we're not talking about it. Can, let me, let me, can I just tell a personal story? Please. Oh, no. <laughs> Not about Joey. <laughs> Not about Joey. No, so I. It was only years, once. Co- no, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, I'm just kidding. You know, a, a good bishop once told me <laughs> that if, if you say one of these three things before you do something, it's probably a bad idea. Right? Number one, just this one time. Okay. okay. If, if you say, if you catch yourself saying just this once, stop right there, mm-hmm. back up, don't do it. Number two, everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. Stop. Okay. Back up, don't do it. So if 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 it's just this once or everyone else is doing it, bad idea. The third thing is is if you say, well, no one will find out. Mm. Stop. Back up. This is a bad idea. So mm. that one time, Joey. It was a bad idea. Gosh. Bad idea. I thought we were going somewhere serious okay, with no. this prank. Well, that's a, those are good principles. Those are good principles. Yeah. yeah. Those are. Right. So my 11 year old is uh, he's a, he's in the sixth grade. He's 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 playing the cello in a school concert and and we've been hearing now for a year and a half. I'm the only one that doesn't have a smartphone. I'm the only one that doesn't have a smartphone. And we're like, yep, that's too bad for you, you know, because we took this really hardcore stance on it. 
we'd notice he's starting to be a little bit moody, a little bit depressed, a little bit withdrawn. He's starting to have some social issues. Um, and he's a really good kid, really funny, a little obnoxious, but you know, <laughs> gets that from his mom. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally right. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a little mini Frank. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to get him a t-shirt that says warning. I think I'm hilarious. Um, but anyway, do we you guys go, need matching ones. We do. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I've already got mine. Um, we, we went to his concert and there's the cello six, section setting over there, waiting for their turn to go up. And he's with four or five other kids with their cellos and all of them have their smartphones out just looking at their phones. Okay. And he's, he's got no smartphone. Mm-hmm. And so not only are they not really talking to each other, but he's totally out of the loop. Yeah. And he's, we're watching from afar and, and he's so, pathetic he's walking around behind all of them looking over their shoulders looking at their phones and that's the only way he can socially interact with them is talking to them about what they're looking at yeah. on their phones and so he goes from kid to kid to kid in a, in a course of about three minutes mm-hmm. and we're watching and we're starting to realize maybe we're not great parents for mm. denying the smartphone we don't know whether we'd be great parents by giving him a smartphone but now we're starting to second guess this thing like you guys did mm-hmm. right when you got jordan her oh i said her name gosh okay. can you beep that out i say her name all the time <laughs> <Okay>. so <laughs> so anyway um we end up about six months later breaking down and getting him a phone and his brother and we put some parental controls on there and the parental controls let us do things like turn it off at nine o'clock Limit it to three hours of use a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, in addition, I think we used Google, a little kite-shaped thing. I forget which which app that is. Anyway, it's a Google family, Google family. Uh, Anyway, and then we also at home have Disney Circle. Mm -hmm. And we also use uh, Bark. Bark app, man. Everyone's talking about Bark right now. So we, I mean, there's no one solution fits all. Mm -hmm. I mean, we literally were like, okay, we're going to get our third, our, our Soon to be 12 year old, a smartphone. I think he was 12 when we got it for him. Anyways, mm-hmm. got our 12 year old a smartphone and his older brother who's got other special needs. And we got both of them a smartphone at the same time, put all these parental controls on there, have lots of talks about using it safely, using it smartly, you know, what, what our expectations are. And, uh, and, and then, uh, it's not long before Bark starts chirping. Yep. And Bark's telling us, you know, showing us the pictures that he's pulling down and looking at. We've got pretty strict parental controls on. Yeah. Right. So, um, the pictures are, um, not completely nude because Google has. Yeah. Parameters. Filtered this. Yeah. 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 But he's looking up TNA. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. looking at it quite a bit. And of course, my wife is freaking out, right? Like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, he's my 12 year old, my baby, you know, and he's mm-hmm. looking at this uh, same, very similar experience that you're having. And by this time, I've kind of had some time to think about it. And I said, well, good for him, <laughs> you know? And my wife's like, what? What do you mean good for him? I'm like, well, this is going to give us a great chance to have a talk yeah. about girls and about respecting women and about not objectifying mm-hmm. women. And, and she's like, oh, this, you know, and so the two perspectives were very different, very yeah. dichotomous. My wife mm-hmm. is, it's, it's a meltdown. This is horrible. This is going to be, you know, he's going to turn into a pervert and an addict and he's never going right. to, no, he's but, never going to function but it's in life. Hard. It's hard to, to think of it from a different perspective when yeah. you're in that moment of yeah. meltdown. Right. Yeah. yeah, it is. It totally is. And so, um, it, it took me a couple of weeks, but I took my boys out on a hike 
And I said, boys, I'm, I want to talk to you about your smartphone use, about the stuff that we're seeing on there. And and they got real quiet, you know. But we we had this. <laughs> Wait, you held out on the, to this the, for weeks? Out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, because I was. Nobody can hear you scream. I, I, begged, I begged my wife not to talk to them about it and to let me do it the first time. Oh, man. I don't know if I can get that from Elizabeth. Gracious. And and it was. It, I mean, it, it was every day for two weeks. Did you talk to him yet? Did you talk to him yet? Did you talk to him yet? I'm like, no, because it has to be mm. the right. Right. The fact that he's looked at porn. A couple mm-hmm. of times or a few times or a hundred times. Now, what's another week or two? Yep. What's another week or two? Okay. Right? Because he's already seen it. Yeah. Yeah. What's okay. okay. Well, let's take a Let's look for the right time in the right place. So we went on a hike and I had one of the best. Well, I thought it was one of the best dad to son, man to man talks that you can have with a 12 year old and a 14 year old. Uh, we talked about, I mean, and here's the thing. I wanted it to be me because I wanted to talk real with him. Mm. And I'm, I'm a little bit old school in that I think that boys should use appropriate language around girls and that they should not use mm-hmm. demeaning language around girls and that they should genuine, genuinely or generally try to embody those kind of principles mm-hmm. for themselves too. But there's something about being with your sons and actually using the D word or the P word, Right. And just very casually and saying, tell me what you're looking at, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Are, are you looking at, you know, D's and P's? Are you looking at, you know, and, and just, and watch the look on their face <laughs> when you say the P word, yeah, <laughs> right? And they're like, dad, you can't say words like that. I'm like, sure I can say it with me. And we said it like we started chanting it as I'm driving in the car. Oh my God. And they're like, what? You know, and they're freaking out. I'm with like, the windows down. Yeah, right? <laughs> Full volume. <laughs> And, and they're, and, and, and then we just started laughing, right? And they're oh like, gosh. what's, what? And they're like, dad, this isn't, is this right? Is this okay? I'm like, no, I want you to know that you can talk to me about this. I want you to know that when I was 13 once, and guess what? I was 13 for about 18 years, mm-hmm. right? In this, mm-hmm. right? Like these feelings you're having right now about being interested in girls and their body parts and looking at boobs and all this stuff, that's really normal. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing wrong with you for wanting to look at this stuff and, and being curious about sex. You can ask me anything. I'll answer any question for you right now. Crickets. Yeah. Right. I'm like, okay. You can write it down first. Yeah. Right. That so, always helps. So, you know, but anyway, we hiked for, you know, three hours out in the middle of, you know, Canyon Lake up in the mountains in the desert. It was great. And, uh, had this conversation and, and really did my best to let them know that you're okay. Looking at this stuff is wanting to look at this stuff, being curious about this stuff, really normal, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really normal. Now let's talk about why it's dangerous and why we need to throttle back. Okay. Let's talk about why we need to exercise self-control and work on having, you know, controlling our thoughts and our Mm -hmm. processes, the way we think about women as people instead of just objects for our pleasure, you know, and, 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 and again, having a conversation like this with, Somebody whose prefrontal cortex is about 25% developed. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of going in one ear and going out the other. Right. And so I get back from this great conversation and this great hike, this father and son moment, you know, Carly says, did you talk to him about it? I says, yeah, we had a great talk, you know, kind of explained a little bit. Mm. It was only a few months later, if that, before bark starts chirping again. Yeah. Yeah. 
barks. Yep. Wow. And she's like, Oh no, it's happening again. I'm like, hi, I, of course it's happening again. This is going to, this is going to be a process. So I, I didn't fully yeah. form their prefrontal cortex in one conversation. <laughs> right. Okay. It didn't happen instantly. Right. So, you know, we go out and have a conversation again and it wasn't as long this time. It wasn't, you know, we weren't chanting DP, 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 you know, we weren't doing that kind of stuff, but we were, we were having a, just a real conversation about human relationships. Yeah. About what's it going to be like when you have a girlfriend in a couple of years? How are you going to think about her? Okay. You know, are you going to think about her as just, you know, boobs and butts? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that all she is to well, you? Or? And you have a mom. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we need to make this attachment to, yeah. whenever I speak to boys at schools, I'll say, you know, you say these words to these girls on this campus. But if anybody ever said those words to your mother or to yeah. your sister, you mm-hmm. lose yeah. your mind. Right. Oh, yeah. So what's, there's something wrong in Where's that, the right? continuity? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's inherently wrong. And another thing that I would say with your situation is that, um, and Frank would agree, this is why, this is why our old book was called WTF, because we want our kids to make awful, fabulous mistakes while they're under our roof. Absolutely. Cause yeah. then yeah. they can learn. If you had yeah. never, if you had never known, can you imagine what kind of twenties she's going to have? Yeah. It's going to be yeah. real rough if, if yeah. you hide all this and nobody knows. And then you just keep going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Think where that emo loop ends. It doesn't yeah. end well. Mm-hmm. And so it's awesome that this happened. And so trying to teach parents, like when mistakes happen, you got to, yes, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Cause now I get to have these really tough, yeah. awkward conversations. The problem is, is that we want to remove all the obstacles for our kids because yeah. we want them to succeed. But the very thing that makes them succeed mistakes. is obstacles in their path. Yeah. 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 So, but it's and so hard though. It's so hard to, cause everything you guys are saying is, I, I agree with it and it sounds awesome. And I, and I want to be that father. I want to be, I want Elizabeth to be that mother. I want to be, I want them to, to make these mistakes so that we can correct them in the correct way. And I maybe, maybe correcting is the wrong word. Well, I would say that you want to invite them into mm-hmm. the conversation of how to fix it. Yeah. Because a lot yes. of parents want to, f- tell them how to fix it exactly and the reality is is that's not going to fix anything right she's old enough now where it's like okay now you're gonna have to come in with us and we have to create a plan we're gonna put paper out and we're gonna basically brainstorm a plan on what is the next steps yeah and you are a part of it because Mm -hmm. you contributed to it yeah because because when i was younger if these things happened in my home i'd be shamed for it i nobody would talk to me about it i never got any any I, i had to learn it all myself and because of that, I'm still, as an adult, as a parent, still trying to learn how to teach this to my children because I still don't have, I didn't, I never had this. I never had that kind of experience that you had, Frank, with your, with your sons. Right. If I would have had that, that experience with my father or my uncles going out and doing that and they, and talk to me about this, maybe I would have opened up a little bit more. Maybe I would have, maybe I wouldn't have. Yeah. I don't think you would have. And I don't think I would have because I didn't have like the good, uh, my, my parents, um, are, are amazing, did the best that they could. And, mm-hmm. but we, I, I listened to Dr. Dobson audio tapes to learn about cassette tapes. He was a religious guy who wrote mm-hmm. Focus on the Family. And, and we would mm-hmm. just go to, I would go to the room with my dad. My sister would go to the room with my mom and we would listen to these tapes about our sexuality and my dad would fall asleep and I wouldn't pay attention. And I wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. And that was it. It was like, got questions? Yeah. No. Okay. Like we're done. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I didn't either, but I, I think yeah. even if they would have, even if I would have had the most amazing experience talking about sex with my parents, which I can't imagine what that would be, uh, 
even then, it's different because of cell phones and technology yeah, has changed yeah. things so much yeah. that even those conversations would be different today. So right. I think we're scared to have them because mm-hmm. of technology and all these things are happening. Right. So it, that's why it makes it seem harder. It doesn't matter how you had it or didn't have it in your past. We have right. to say, this is a new generation and mm-hmm. it stops with me, mm-hmm. right? And I've got to mm-hmm. be able to figure out how to say, hey, I know you looked at this, so let's talk about it. it but at least we're, we're creating a an open conversation mm-hmm. and inviting uh environment and not I'm shame. not I'm yeah shame shame yeah. exactly and I, and I'll say and I'm sorry Frank but I'll say that one of the things number one I've I've talked extensively with your sweet wife about this because I could not I could not wrap my mind around the no shame thing <laughs> and she just is so patient with me going no that doesn't make sense no Explain that again. No, that doesn't work. That because of it, this, this is two years later and Jordan and I have the greatest relationship. Yeah. She'll come to me and tell me the most disgusting <laughs> things that I don't want to hear. <laughs> and Joey's like, stop saying that. That's gross. And I'm like, and yeah, no, and- let's talk about this for real though. This is yeah. this and this. And I'm not afraid to use the proper terms sure. with her. Right. I think it's very important that we do use the proper terms with her. And yes, she knows the slang and she'll come to me and say these slang words. And I'm like, I can't believe my sweet baby just my said that. My ears are bleeding. Right. Yeah. But it's at the same time. Urban dictionary. I, what do those mean? Right. <laughs> but I've learned that if you don't, she's going to Google it. Right. Uh-huh. She's going to find it out. They're yeah. going yeah. to find it out. And if we are not right. a source of information, I, it's taken a lot of tears and sadness. To, you just hit to the point. There. Being the source of information. Because I guarantee you, if you aren't the source for your kids' information, Technology they're going to go, well, is that? Or they're going to go to their peers. Yes. And their peers are t- never give they're good so advice. They're so stupid. They don't ever. Get, you can't have two, two half brains going, well, I think it's this. And you're right. like, okay, I'll do that. And you're right. like, this is yeah. all. We had a heartbreaking story of this freshman in high school who had met a guy online and, and was sending, he convinced her to send him photos. Yep. And so she did. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, this person, she realizes it's wrong and she wants to stop. So she tells him I'm not going to send anymore mm-hmm. and can, proceeds to block him. But what she didn't know is that he was actually an older man, right? Mm-hmm. In his twenties. He had screenshot all of her friends and started sending her nudes to her friend lists. Wow. Basically just kind of as revenge. Extortion. Yeah. yeah. Extortion or revenge. Yeah. yeah. And wow. so wow. now kids at her school have seen her nude and it's, become this huge issue and so it's a it can be a big problem and and it's heartbreaking to hear these parents yeah. come in and say we don't what do we do now it's it's mm-hmm. heartbreaking and it's hard but the right answer isn't running right the right. right answer isn't changing schools the right answer isn't it's about dealing with this head-on because yeah. they're not the only one doing this this is happening this is normal now yeah it really is She's, she said i went to my friends to ask him to ask my friends if this was okay to send this and they were like well yeah everybody does it right mm-hmm. it's like no yeah, but that's a perception, that and is. and it actually is a lot of kids that do it on Snapchat. So I'm glad you don't know about Snapchat. Yeah, I'm, I'm, although the worst rated app for teens right now is not Snapchat; it's Instagram, because Instagram is all about looks. It's all about comparison. Yeah, okay. There's no conversation. Um, the video stuff with Snapchat and the video stuff with Facebook, you actually get to see inflection. You get to experience some of those not body language. So it's actually not as bad. Whereas Instagram is kind of mainly pictures, and mm-hmm. so that's causing yeah. some issues. Yeah, it's there. So, hmm. and we've we've definitely experienced a little bit of that with our with our team, where she has to, she's all about about being friends with people who are verified or 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 looking at them or or letting people know that she has a couple of friends. 
people are verified and things of this na- nature. It's or like a verified person followed me. Or, yeah, they're yeah. they're following me and they and they interact with my pictures. They and turned they, me down to get verified. I, I got to know. <laughs> oh wow! I try to get verified. I, there's got to be a limit. I think it's like you have to have five thousand friends or something. Yeah. Like that. and you have to have tons. Like I've only got two lot, friends, and I hate one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting right here, Frank. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jordan I'm Ham- Joey. Jordan's and, and hamster has a fa- or an Instagram. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Her name is LaFonda. Go follow oh, her. I know I, <laughs> I one of my kids this week just just said, I'm this is not I, I this is I'm not making this up right now. One of my kids this week said, I just had a friend request from a hamster named LaFonda. <laughs> Our daughter. There you go. They thought, it, yeah. they thought it was their knee, their cousin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was Jordan. That's awesome. Yeah, our daughter yeah. has a has a has a hamster with an Instagram. Yeah, I have I have four Instagrams, so I get it. Like, it's actually really normal for kids to try on masks. I don't know if you remember what it was like in middle school, but I thought I was a cowboy for a week, and I wore cowboy boots, listen to cowboy music, and then I nice. realized I didn't fit into the cowboys. So then I thought I was a gangbanger. Mm-hmm. And I like oh, had the thing was... button up, listened to Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yes, that was, I was me hardcore. Too. Yeah. Thought yeah. I was about I lean like Bone a cholo Thugs? a little oh. bit. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And then I had a friend of mine, or not a friend, a kid I knew, bring a gun to school. And so the next day, I showed up in my polo shirt tucked in. My hair was parted <laughs> on the side. I was like, I'm like, I'm good. Like, it's fine. I don't listen to Bone Thugs anymore. I was like, back to Charlotte Church and Josh Groban. But that's how I tried on. That's how I tried on masks. And okay. it's really normal for okay. kids to try on masks and figure yeah. out who they are. The problem is, is there's no evidence and pictures of me um, Trying you know, on your mask. Yes. Yeah, yeah, looking like yeah, a, a OG, right? Yeah. Um, or a little G or no but G. The, but if there was, you'd have to have an actual. Div- you'd, it wasn't a phone. Yeah. It was a phone at your fingertips. We actually had the, these 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 disposable cameras that we did right. that we used. You know. Well, these kids today are having masks on Instagram by having four profiles, yeah. and they're trying on. So the first one is the one you follow, where they're a really sweet kid. There's pictures uh-huh. of their food. Their they're family. quoting Jesus. That's you know what I mean? Family has right, yeah. and then. Their next one is like their spam account, and it's a little bit riskier. And then they've got their Finsta, yeah. Then they've got their Sinsta, and then it's like, oh my gosh, now it gets progressively worse and worse. And so they're trying on masks is all they're doing. That's so scary. Sorry, it's part of just freak you out. Yeah, my wife has a crazy. She's like. She's got this face. So did like, I do? Is that your Instagram name? What? <laughs> <laughs> you found me. What is that? Finsta just, and Sinsta? Yeah, yeah, they're just is, they're just fun fun terms for a fake Instagram. Okay, gotcha. And a Sinsta is like a really sinning, a really bad Instagram where I, I it's where I put all like my rape memes and my uh, racial memes and inappropriate things. Nice. Yeah, I mean, wow. there's kids in oh Harvard who applied to Harvard and posted a racial slur meme because he thought it was funny in his little freshman group, and they. He's no longer allowed to go to school there. Like these are happening, and people think it's okay, and it's it's just because it's wow. funny. Schools everywhere are being freaked out right now because kids are taking a video uh, picture off the internet and then putting active school shooter at this campus, and then they're posting it, and everybody in the school is sending it out and retweeting it. And wow. the reality is, is there's no school shooter. So now we're wasting police time. We're wasting yeah. uh, homeland security time. We're doing all this stuff, and so schools are freaking out everywhere. And it's happening, sadly, kind of a lot. Yeah. So do we just educate kids to not do that? Do we start punishing the kids that do that? Like, do we just charge them the bill? Right? Like, yeah. hey, it's wow. five five grand to send out a helicopter. So guess what? Yeah. Your family's gonna pay it because you were the one who created this meme. And so- where does the trust come into it? Because I know there's a high school in my area that my child 
I, I took her out of because there was so much going on and all I wanted to do was get information and I couldn't get any information and it just seemed like some weird felt like there was a cover up going on. <laughs> the conspiracy theory. Thank yeah, you. No, I, and all I wanted to do yeah. was get some information and then all of a sudden the kids have a Facebook page about all of the stuff going on yeah, on they, campus. They had, they had a Facebook page and 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 Twitters and all these social medias dedicated to just so the fights. All of my information was coming yeah. from the kids and yeah. I was like if no adult is going to give me the information <laughs> right, right, right. then now Where's the trust? All all I can do is trust the kids because they're the ones being transparent with it. I I don't know. And kind of it's a it's kind of a struggle. <laughs> it's it's tough because there's I mean, I've been on the education side for many, many years mm-hmm. and, and if there's an ongoing investigation, you do want to give as little information as possible. Yeah, you right. Can. I'm sure you know Understandable, that in, yeah. in law enforcement. Absolutely. But at the same time, it's hard to loop parents in, but in our litigious society that we live in, like mm-hmm. talking too much and too candidly. I have board members of school boards, not the one I'm on, but other school boards who are, who tell principals, like, don't say anything because we don't want, we want to, you know, we're going to lose enrollment. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. uh, are you kidding me? We're not that's, being honest. It's we're probably, the, that, so. it's probably the, the one we're talking about. It's tough. <laughs> it's, it's tough. I mean, it's really hard all around. So I believe in a very candid, open conversation about that kind of stuff. Personally, I do sit on a school board. Mm-hmm. And so I am very open and honest, but mm-hmm. I'm also a part of a school that I believe in that allows me to be that way. And they're that mm-hmm. way. And we yeah. want them to be that way because um, our parents are our allies. We're all in this yes. together. I, yeah. that's, I agree. We I, need to be have a village. I mean, Rosalind Lesman talks about ra- a village, bringing back a village. Yeah. We're yes. all here to raise stuff together. Every parent I talk to says, I'm so alone in this. And I'm like, if you only knew that you are not, and we're all in this together, and nobody knows what they're doing, because we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. Between 2012 <laughs> and 2015 was the rise of the smartphone. 50% of teens had smartphones by then. Wow. And what we saw, the only thing we saw in our nation was depression, anxiety, and stress skyrocket during yeah. those times. Wow, super interesting. It's no wonder why teen suicides were number two in the nation in Arizona. Yeah. yeah what is it? Wow. Just in the last 36 months, we've had something like 36 suicides. suicides. Yeah. And here in just the East Valley, we're talking just yes. Arizona. Mesa, no. No. Mesa, Tempe, Gilbert, oh, Chandler, Queen Creek. Just the East Side. Just the East Valley of, yes. of, 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 Mesa, the, of yeah. the Phoenix, Phoenix area. Yeah. metro area. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've 14 had, in like two months or something. Crazy. Oh my, yeah. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. that, okay. Uh, give a little bit of perspective of the size of that for, for our listeners that aren't, aren't in the, the, in the valley. Like, so Phoenix has 4 million people. Yeah. Four and a half. But yeah. we would say like the east side of the valley probably has what? Half that? Probably half. Yeah. Yeah. Say half. I mean, a ton two, because two it's been people. growing, right? One is too many. And so, that's just suicides. Just suicides. Teen. teen suicides. It's only teen, teen suicide. suicide. Even, that's an even smaller. That's that's demographically yeah. it's it's disproportionately. So I mean Adam talked about, you know, what the iPhone came out in like 2007, mm-hmm. right? And and in 2007, what percentage of 16-year-olds had an iPhone? 0, right? Mm-hmm. By between 2012 and 2015, there were probably 50%. Now we're 4 years after that, and what percentage of 16-year-olds do you think has a smartphone? Too many. 90 95%. Yeah, yeah 80. 90, yeah. 90. Huge. So it's huge. It's a huge number of teens that have uh instant access, mm-hmm. right, to everything. Mm-hmm. In that same time period from 2007 to 2019, we've seen, you know, a 100% increase in phone in smartphone use by teenagers. We've also seen about an 80 to 85% increase in teen suicides in the last two years, mm-hmm. three years. Wow. So, I mean, let's go four years, like from, yeah, from about 2015 to 2019, we, we have like an 85% increase in teen suicides. Yep. 
So, I mean, I'm not trying I, to use scare tactics. Well, and I'm also not saying that a smartphone causes suicide. That's right. It's not causal. Right? Yeah. No, no, that's no, not no, what we're not saying. at all. But, but does it contribute? A- sure. It's absolutely a contributing totally. factor. And does it make it harder to, to deal with stuff? Totally. Yeah. I, I get that. And it, it's amazing that the more Sherry Turkle um, has a whole talk about feeling connected but alone. And it's this whole mm-hmm. idea that the more connected we are digitally, the more alone we feel. And that is a really fascinating concept to me. People need to touch. Yeah. We need Agreed. to make eye contact. We need to we need to have that very close interpersonal communication. Mm-hmm. We need to t- touch. We need to rub feet under the table, Joey. Okay. You and me. We need to. Oh, do we've that. been doing it for the last hour. That's right. It's important <laughs> to <Yeah>. have that. <laughs> Maybe not with Joey. I but think Adam's a little he's, jealous. He's feeling left out. <laughs> Hey, but we, when we, all we, we have, <laughs> Never mind, I was going to sing a song, but I'll stop. <laughs> no, go ahead. When I think about you, I t- oh, sorry, that's the Divinals, nineteen ninety. <laughs> anyway, okay. but you're right. It is. It, that's where that codependence comes in, right? Like yeah. I want to actually have physical contact, healthy physical contact, right? Okay, um, which comes in a lot of different ways. So absolutely, which we're not getting when we're at dinner with our friends and everyone's on their phone and mm-hmm. their device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm going to ask the question here. Oh. <laughs> Do you think my opinion, my thought process is that the majority of these suicides are probably based off some type of bullying? I will make that assumption. And I could be wrong because I don't know if you guys have numbers or background information. Sure. But do you guys really think that from I would have I would have graduated in 2000, Joey would have been 2001. I'm not sure what year you guys am Older. I less than that. Okay. Um <laughs> Do you guys think that the bullying now is worse than the bullying then? I have I have some strong opinions on that, so I'll let Adam go first. I think bullying was the same, but our grit and resiliency to deal with it was less, um, or was bigger, was greater back then. So when I went when when my friend called me an idiot at school uh-huh. and it hurt my feelings, and I went home and said, "Mom, so and so called me an idiot," she'd be like, "Well, you, you're not," and, and he is. And you're like, okay, what's having for dinner, right? And like, there was right. a safe place to go yeah. home and talk about stuff. Okay. And now our kids for, we can get into grit and resiliency, but that's a whole separate podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but our kids are getting called names at school and then they're coming home and their phone's going off, their computer's going off, and those names are continually happening. And so they don't actually have a safe place no reprieve. to shut it down and to let it give themselves a break. Okay. And so for me, it is, the same, but it's not the same. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's different. A hundred percent. And that's right. why right. I guess that's the question in there is because everyone says, well, they should suck it up. In my time, we just dealt with it or we would have a fight after We've school. We've never experienced K, this time done. ever in the history of our world. Right. We've never experienced this in the history of the world. Our kids are hitting puberty at eight, nine years old and they're becoming, uh, their brains not fully developed between 26 and 28 years old. Right. So they are in this in-between phase for longer than in the history of the world. That's crazy to me. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what we've done before. This is a new generation. It's a different generation. Completely different than anything yeah. any of us have experienced. Yeah. yeah. And I would even, wow. I, maybe it's not a factual statement, but I'd like to say that the world has just kind of slowly, gradually, but over this last, it's gone leaps and it's gone leaps and bounds into something totally different than what our grandparents, great grandparents, mm-hmm. there's no slow progression. It's just gone. Yeah, but I would also I would also challenge you in the sense that I, I don't know that I would say that our teen suicides are directly related to just bullying. Okay. I do think that it is a multi it's a perfect storm. problem, right? It's a perfect storm. Exactly. 
of a lot of different factors. And we've talked about a lot of them here tonight, right? So it's, it's a, it's, it's dopamine addiction. And mm-hmm. when you, when you come down off of dopamine addiction, right? When you, when you, from the time you're 10 or 11 to the time you're 16, you're glued to this thing and I'm holding my phone up and you're, you're looking at passive entertainment for six hours a day. And you're getting a total influx yeah. of dopamine. And then you turn 15 or 16 and you have to start getting serious about school. You have to start thinking about college. You have to get a, maybe a part-time job or, or really buckle down on your homework. And you can't look at this as much if you want to be successful. You can't yeah. play video games and watch t- Netflix all day. And you I'll, can't? No, well, not if you want to be successful. <laughs> at least not, not, I think. That's where I went wrong. Yeah. But they, they lose, they lose yeah. that dopamine response and they go into anxiety and depression. That's mm-hmm. just a natural biochemical response. So that's one a- aspect of the perfect storm. And then you've got the bullying, right? You've got this yeah. constant exposure to, to hateful memes and hate talk and, and just be constant beratement and belittlement. And then you've got this lack of connection. Mm-hmm. You've got this lack of physical contact, this lack of yeah. resiliency because there's no safe place for them to go to, right? So mm-hmm. it's a combination of all of these things uh, that, that kids are not as resilient because they don't have the connection, right? They're, they're depressed and anxious because they're reliant on an artificial source of dopamine. And, and then, and then there's this yeah, onslaught of There's bullying. a, I oh. read an article that said they, 46% of teens self report, self report that they only get four hours or less of sleep a night. That's the other part. Self deprivation. So if sleep I'm not getting any sleep, Health wise, yeah. I'm it just all that does is make anxiety and depression skyrocket. Yeah. That's all Sleep that does. Sleep deprivation is is yeah. a huge mental health. So factor. what do we do to shorten that gap? Well, take our kids' phones away and plug them in in, in another room at night so okay. they sleep. Right. Try to get your kids to self regulate. Get a timer on their phone that only lets them use it for a couple of hours a day. Talk to them a lot about what's going on in their lives. Give them lots of hugs. Don't shame them. All okay. the things we've talked about to help build resilient kids. And to okay. help them keep their trials in perspective. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. I love that. that you just opened my game. Yes, yeah. I, I'm looking at this. This is fantastic. Because what age group is this one? Ta- this That's is the for, high school one, ninth yes. through twelve. Ta- I was like, that. That better not be the two to four. <laughs> no, no, there's grades. And it's so talk grades to us a little bit about five. Talk oh. to us a little bit so about drive along. Came along. about with our friend Katie McPherson. Her and I were sitting having dinner one night. She's a speaker and does what we do, or similar things. She does it way better than I do. <laughs> she just travels more than I do. I don't know that she does it better than you. Oh, sorry, Katie. Um, <laughs> you do better than everybody. You're the best. Um, and we had tired talking about what happened. What would we do if kids who weren't forced to make direct eye contact, uh, they're just more honest, right? When you're driving in the car. I remember driving home from youth group on a Wednesday night. I was in junior high and I told my parents, I swear at school. And I just yelled it from the oh back seat because I felt bad that I was swearing all the time at school. <laughs> and so, but I didn't know how to tell them. And if just they were looking randomly. me in the eye, yeah. So we sat on the bed and talked about it when I got home. So I think there's okay. power in not making, you know, asking questions. And so Mother. this game, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this game came about from this conversation um, that I created called Drivealogue. And it's dialogue with Drivealogue. I thought when I heard about these teen suicides, I said, the only thing I can do is create a way for families to have more meaningful conversations. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. them to be able to have these honest conversations. And if you can't turn to your daughter and say, are your boobs on Google? What's going on? Who'd you send that Snapchat to? That's yeah. fine. 
That because that's hard, right? That's a hard. Yeah, conversation. We, we have we have friends. So, we have friends who can't even say boobs in the presence of right. of another person. Joey, so I'm going to create a game. Are your boobs on Google? Um, at one point, probably. <laughs> yeah. Did you shave your nipples first? No, because that's no, disgusting. But you go to my MySpace account. I'm not sure what you'll see, but, but everybody's seen me good game Frank before. So oh wow, oh my that's gosh. that's happened. There We're you go. Back to the Couple good times. game. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. So I decided that um, you're fine too. I was going to make sure <laughs> that you could ask questions. And it would Sorry. be the game's fault, right? Okay. So it's like, hey, we're in a car. Let's pick a game, a card out a week. And each, each pack has four wild cards that the parent has to answer the question. Okay. So it's meaningful. So the kids feel like we're all participating. And then we basically just talk about it. They're just conversation starters, but they're social starters. It's like what happens when somebody you grew up with doesn't want to sit with you at lunch? It's the stuff that our kids are dealing with socially, but we're not talking about it. Yeah. And some parents don't know what to ask because they don't right. remember. Well, and that's yeah. the so, truth on, cause I'm the Pinterest fail mom, 100%. <laughs> and I love to look through the better communication with your children, how to start the conversation. And they've got these mason jar ideas where you write all these questions and then you pull one out and your family's just amazing all of a sudden. And I'm like, I can't come up with like a real question here. Like, are you sleeping around? Are you stealing your friend's stuff? Like, like this is the stuff that I, are you, are you smoking weed? Do we need to drug test you? What are you going to say, Frank? Where are you, you going? You're relying heavily on your youth. I guess. <laughs> 100%. We read it's, into what our kids are dealing with by what we dealt with. And 100%. It's sometimes different. No, so I always it is. tell people that that shark music, that, that trigger music, that PTSD music yes. that we hear when our kids like sleeps a lot like and baby munches shark? on stuff. Yes. Yeah. Like, then we're like, uh, yeah. oh my God, they're, Totally high. And in reality, <laughs> they could just like be tired. You know what I mean? Right. Like, or hormonal or right, there's so right. many things. When I was 15 was the first time I moved out of my house and I lived on my own and 15. I lived an adult life because I was like, I'm not living this life. It's not safe. It's not healthy. I'm not doing it. Now I came back and forth several times, not because I needed, but because they needed and I attempted to be codependent healthy, whatever. So these questions, I'm yeah. like, this is brilliant because the yeah. world I lived in at her age, I'm like, I don't understand how you can't function as an adult. I did. And she's yeah. like, I'm not you. And I struggle with that. Mm, yep. I yep. like this, this, this question here. It says, what do you think should scare adults about your generation? If they yes. know? Yeah. Well, the, uh, kids will tell you. You ask a question of a kid and nine times out of ten, they're going to dime their friends out, themselves out. They don't, yes. they just, they don't mind. But I don't think I would ever so, like think to be like, hey. Right. That was the goal. What, yeah. What's scary yeah. here? Exactly. It, that's brilliant. And then this, this wild great. card. I'm this, about this. this wild card one I just picked out says, what was the hardest thing that you went through when you were my age? Well, I think our, our kids want to hear you become personal to them, right? They really what did don't. you struggle no, I'm just with? Just kidding. You mentioned uh, you mentioned <laughs> Travis Webb earlier. Yeah, yeah. He's a great family therapist. Uh, I, I know him personally. Um, <laughs> also, and he quotes and familiarly. <laughs> yes, uh, he also quotes Brene Brown. You yeah. mentioned Brene Brown, and she says that uh, vulnerability plus validation equals connection. Yep. Right. So if we want to have connection with our kids, these questions that Adam has created in these, in these card decks are awesome because they give us an opportunity to be vulnerable and then to, to let our kids, they may or may not validate us. They, they, they probably will. But when the, when the question's on the kid and they answer the question truthfully, instead of shaming them, if we say, mm -hmm. 
wow, dude, that's scary or that's hard. Or how do you do that? I'm really proud of you. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden in their vulnerable moment, they're being validated. You're going to have a bond like cement with that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. The goal to, when when we picked to speak to both of you here, because you guys both have a background and and kind of helping uh, parents kind of go and, through those motions to create that bond was free seminar and free therapy. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You, you have these two, Adam. You have these two books. I'm reading the social media handbook right yep, now. Yep. You can get the awesome. books on Amazon. Understanding millennials: tips and tricks yeah. on working with this generation. Social media handbook. It's an adult guide to the digital life of a teen. You can get those on Amazon. I do have my drive-along cards on Amazon, but I'm out for the youngest kids. They're really popular, and I'm not on mm-hmm. Amazon. I, I sold out. So you can go to my website, which is just drivealog.com. Um, drivealog, just like dialogue, but drivealog. And uh, you can buy them straight from there, and we'll ship them out to you. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they're also carried at KidStop if you're in Arizona. It's a Scottsdale uh, kids toy store. Cool. Um, and different coffee shops around town. Those are awesome. Awesome. Do you have anything yeah. coming up pretty soon, uh, Adam? Uh, I'm actually uh, working with Thunderbird High School parents tomorrow night. Um, at, uh, there's a local church CCV that's hosting me to give a talk on keeping kids safe online. And then this coming Sunday, uh, I don't know when this probably won't be out by then. But it's fine. It, 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 uh, I'm going to try to get it out before okay. then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. this coming Sunday, the 20 some, uh, <laughs> uh, I will be doing a, uh, Screen Angels documentary and I'm doing a parent. Uh, question and answer afterwards. 22nd. That's what cool. I said, the 22nd. Yeah, that's what uh, And so, yeah, I've got that going on. We also have a teen event. If you have a teen that wants to go to an event, there's an event on Saturday in Scottsdale. I can uh, I can send you information on yeah, that. Yeah, we'll so. throw all that up. I do all our, sorts of random stuff, so, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Frank, do you I, have anything? I do nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the most boring people I know. I, I work, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, and then uh, what spare time I have, I'm... Volunteering at church or trying to spend some time with my wife and kids, so I got I got nothing going on. I'm just living the dream, trying to stay awake. Six but, kids between thirteen and fourteen. You're very busy. Well, I was. Yeah, thirteen or fourteen years ago. So uh, tell us a little bit about Smart Connection. So Smart Connection is uh, a project I started about a year ago, or li- well, a little over a year ago, creating curriculum for parents and teens on how to talk about uh, screen time and social media and just uh, anxiety and depression. Uh, it, when I had to grow up and get a real job again and go back to work doing cybersecurity, that got put on the back burner. So it's an incomplete project, but if you want to go to... Uh, uh, Smart Connection YouTube uh, YouTube channel. Look, just uh, search Smart Connection. There's a whole bunch of videos on there where we did some interviews with some great um, professionals who work with kids. You even got Travis Webb on there. Travis Webb on there. Well, yeah, Travis Webb and I are the ones that are actually co-hosting most of the interviews. Mm -hmm. And then we talked to a bunch of other therapists, uh, school Mm -hmm. teachers, school administrators, school counselors, doctors, sleep specialists. We, wow. we, we grabbed as many people as we could that work with kids in crisis and asked them what's going on. And so it's just a real, it's, a, it's some very, um, I think useful information for parents to see what, what, uh, professionals are dealing with with their kids. So you awesome. guys both talked a lot about the WTF book. Where's that at? <laughs> That's back in 2012 where it belongs. We'll yeah. leave, leave it back there. Well, I disagree. The I started listen, it. it. It was pretty it's good, good from uh, what I started. It's called WTF Why Teens Fail and What to Fix. Um, the only thing I would say is some of the chapters have research 
that would be considered old now. Okay. And so that okay. would be the only reason why I would just caution people. Yeah. Okay. Um, especially when we're talking about uh, digital. I mean, at some point, my social media handbook will be out of, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's a sense where we have to be careful when we're writing about what's happening today. Yeah. Because tomorrow it will be different. Yeah. Right? In 2012, we were writing about Facebook. Yep. And, you know. What's Facebook? I don't even know. I think my it's mom is on Facebook. She's 83. Because my grandmother's on Facebook. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, my 83-year-old <laughs> mother's on Facebook. She passed away years ago. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. So it's probably not a real account. Yeah. yeah. I'd be scared if it's still active. And I don't active. Know. She tried to sell me some <laughs> some stuff from Africa. So. <laughs> she's still in Yeah, I'm going to get three grand in like three months. <laughs> you only had to pay four grand. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> That that Nigerian princess is looking pretty. <laughs> I'm waiting. <Yep. laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate you both coming into the studio and, and talking to us about this stuff. So, um, so the moral of the story is: shame your children. Right. Right. Belittle yeah. them oh publicly no. if possible. If you can, if you can do an Instagram account that's just based around punishing your child publicly, I think that's really useful. Oh my gosh! <laughs> just kidding. Just to, complete totally kidding. opposite. Wow. Complete opposite. Wow. Moral that's of the story what is. You both got out of this. I feel like I got a lot out of this. So no, no, it's it's actually the complete opposite. Don't shame your children. Create an open environment, something inviting so that that we don't continue that downward spiral that I don't know if I want to say what the, that our parents did with us. Be vulnerable. Admit, I was admit your say, faults with your yeah. kids. Yeah. Calm down, be vulnerable, don't take it so personally or a few and, of the things I got out of and this. And buy drive log cuz that thing's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would we're going to we're actually appreciate you bringing me uh, these these are awesome. I I'm yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to use them. I don't. Oh, I got so I'll give you some. Yeah. This uh, is awesome. We're going to use these. I'm going to You should. And you know what I'm really trying to do and I don't know, you don't have to do this, but I really am trying to get some some kids' responses, like what? Okay. What are they saying, right? Yeah. Like what? Even in written form or whatever, just to hear stories because the stories I've been hearing are have been crazy, like super emotional. Just mm. I had a stepmom, a producer of uh, Sonoran Living, and she took them on a trip, and she's like, "These are my stepkids, and we don't really talk. We have a good relationship." And she texted me in the middle of the road trip and was like, I've never, they've never talked this much in my life. Wow. So thank you so Super much. Super cool. So yeah. Thank you for, I'm for, excited. Uh, we're excited to, to implement these. Uh, yeah. Whatever ones you don't now. use, feel free to pass them out and give them to whoever you want. Yeah. Give away. That's I think awesome. Joey and I may have meaningful conversation <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. I want to make one called <laughs> data log for couples. I was yes. going to say, where's the adult <laughs> yeah, one? That's, because that's, I, I want to do a classroom edition. I want to do one in Spanish. I want to do one um, that has to do with special needs because that's my background. Yes. The masters in special education, so per, yeah, and so I want to do some of those this different is amazing. ones, but um, but we got to sell these first. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I think you're on to something. Appreciate you guys coming in and doing that. Uh, hopefully, we didn't bore you guys. I think it was this a lot of fun. Will... Thanks. Yeah, this is yeah. good. All right, man. Well, I think uh, we're good. You yeah. have anything else? Uh, thank you, guys. You guys have really opened my mind to quite a few things that <laughs> later on I'll be texting or FaceTiming or all she's, of the other. She's going to keep me I'll away from you guys now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old. I'm on Facebook. You can reach me. Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I think you uh, appreciate you guys. All right. Uh, I think we're done. Uh, that's yeah. it. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye.